Hello, this is Pastor Rob Barber of Bethel Church in Tempers Plains, Ohio, where our mission is connecting people to God. I'm very excited to share the Word of God with you today because I believe God's Word is a powerful weapon designed by the Father to set the captives free. I trust the Holy Spirit will anoint this message and it will personally minister to you and set you free. God bless and enjoy this message. I'm going to talk a little bit this morning about prophecy. Title of my message is Come Let Us Go to the Seer. You can turn to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 9 because I will be uh, reading out of that, that book this morning. I just give you a little bit of background about what, what is taking place here. Uh, up until this point, Israel was ruled by judges. It was actually ruled by God, but God chose judges to lead them. He chose uh, individuals to rise up and deliver them from their enemies and teach and judge them uh, properly according to the word, word of God, the Torah, first five books of the Bible, what we have as a Bible. Um, and those judges were always chosen by God. But there came a time when the people decided they wanted not to be judged by uh, these people that God has appointed, but they wanted a king. Samuel was the judge at that time, and Samuel was the one that God, that God said, okay, if this is what the people want, I'm going to give it to them. Now, there's a lesson here for us, because sometimes uh, uh, we uh, desire things, and sometimes even uh, demand things from God that are not necessarily good for us. And that's what Samuel told the people. He said, listen, you're not going to like this much because he's going to put your children uh, uh, into to slavery in serving him. He's going to put them in this, his army. He's going to put them uh, uh, in his uh, uh, service around him. He's going to cause them to, to have to work for him. He's going to take your fields. He's going to cause all these uh, things to happen that, are, that will take away some of your freedom. So the people, but that, that didn't seem to bother the people. That's what they wanted. They demanded a king. So God said, okay, I'm going to give you what you want. Yes. So when we pray, I want, to, I want to just encourage you. When you pray, sometimes we think we know what we want. We think we know what's best for us. But the reality is we need to allow God to pick and choose what is best for us and be satisfied with what he has for us. All right, we're going to look at uh, 1 Samuel chapter 9, beginning with verse 3. 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 3. Now the, the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost, and Kish said to his son Saul, please take one of the servants with you and arise and go look for the donkeys. So he passed through the mountains of Ephraim and through the land of Shalisha, but they did not find them. Then they passed through the land of Shalim, and they were not there. Then he passed through the land of Benjamites, but they did not find them. When they had come to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servant who was with him, come let us return, lest my father cease caring about the donkeys and become worried about us. And he said to him, 
Look now, there is in the city a man of God, and he is an honorable man. All that he says surely comes to pass. So let's go there. Perhaps he can show us the way that we should go. Jump down to verse 9. And when a man, formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he spoke this, come, let us go to the seer. For we who, for he who is now called a prophet was formerly called a seer. Seer in the Hebrew <clears throat> literally means uh, one who sees. Uh, spiritually, someone who has spiritual insight, someone who can see things that other people do not see. Uh, and it was uh, early on in the, the, um, the, the society of the, the Hebrews, they referred to prophets as seers. But there is a difference between a seer and a prophet. Uh, the seer could see into the future um, at times and see things and predict things. Uh, but they saw things about people as well. The prophets normally had uh, the ability to foretell and give people the future events that was going to take place. God would speak into the prophets' lives, and they would tell them, uh, Israel things that was going to happen based on their behavior. So many times, the prophets would tell people things that they didn't necessarily want to hear. Uh, and that's a reality in the prophetic ministry. Uh, sometimes we think that the prophetic ministry is all about being encouraged and uplifted and, and all that. But the reality of the prophetic ministry is to keep people in, on track. A uh, little joke about that, there, there was a frog that went to a prophetess to uh, find out about his future. And uh, she said to the frog, you're going to meet a beautiful young lady. She's going to uh, want to know everything about you inside and out. The frog said, oh, where am I going to meet her? In a singles bar? The prophetess said, no, in biology class. That's one of my lamest jokes I've ever told. But <laughs> I know. But I have a purpose for it. <laughs> and my purpose is <laughs> that I want you to understand that prophetic ministry doesn't always tell you everything you want to hear. When a prophet speaks into your life, sometimes it's meant to get you back on track or draw you back to God, get you closer to God. We know this. When a true prophet or prophetess gives you a word, they speak the truth to you, and they confront sometimes issues in your life. First Corinthians, now we, we kind of have a, a, an understanding of this, but well, I don't think it's real clear to everyone. First Corinthians 14.3 says that uh, prophecy is given for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Uh, so when we, we think of those three words, we kind of think of a nice, soft, encouraging word. But the, the truth is, 
Uh, exhortation means more than just telling, lifting somebody up. In our uh, definition of exhortation, oh, they're going to make me feel good. Well, exhortation in the Greek actually means to build up or to actually cause to grow. So how many of you from your childhood or maybe even from being a parent, uh, you recognize in order to, to get your child to grow into an adult, there was sometimes that you had to create pain in their life? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, it's a reality. And this is our Heavenly Father that we're talking about. And he, he recognized, he loves us more than Anything, any of his other creations, he loves his human creation so very much. And he loves us enough to keep us moving in the right direction. Therefore, there are times that God uses the prophetic ministry to speak into our lives and say, wait a minute, you're not, you're doing something that God doesn't want you to do. Or he uses the pastor to say, just, just to teach you that there are certain things in your life that you should not be embracing. We talked, you know, I talked last week a little bit about Halloween and some of the the things that surround this this holiday, all the the ungodly behavior that takes place and the things that the Bible talks about in Deuteronomy, all the occult practices that we're supposed to stay away from. We're not supposed to be a part of any of that stuff. I talked about that, and I talk about that because it, not because it makes me feel good to tell you that, but because I believe the Bible is true. And I struggle through those kind of things, too. I, you know, I don't like to make people feel uncomfortable, but if it keeps us from getting involved in something that's going to hurt your family, hurt you or hurt your family, it's worth pointing it out. Therefore, we know from Scripture that the prophetic ministry does speak things into people's lives that makes you a little uncomfortable or causes you to see things from a different perspective. We know this from the Apostle Paul because when he was about to go into Jerusalem for the last time, a prophet by the name of Agabus came to him. And he said to Paul, he took Paul's uh, sash, and he put Paul's hands together, and he bound them up, and he told Paul, he said, the man who's, who this sash belongs to, his hands, when he goes to Jerusalem, his hands will be bound, and he'll be turned over to the Gentiles. Now, that's not a real encouraging word, is it? But it was truth, and Paul knew that it was truth. The, the people encouraged Paul, don't go. This is what's going to happen to you. But Paul said, I don't know. I'm willing to be bound. I'm even willing to die for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he went, and it happened. He was bound. He was taken to Rome, and eventually he died for his faith uh, because of the Caesar who um, actually took his life. Paul was a man of God who believed and trusted the word of God. Therefore, we must recognize that the Word of God is not always going to make us have, cause us to have this feel good all the time. If you're running around chasing a feel good, 
you're going to get in trouble. A feel good. No, it's, it's great. I, I thank God that we can come here and we can go other places and worship the Lord. I've been in some incredible uh, services where I felt great. It was wonderful. Many times I come in here this morning, I'm uplifted when we, we move into worship and I begin to feel better, you know, no matter what I've gone through in the week, I feel better because we come here and we get lifted up. But we cannot live on the mountaintop. If you try to live on the mountaintop, you're going to be greatly disappointed. Do you realize up on the mountaintop, the air is really thin? You don't breathe as well as you should. You have to sometimes come back down to earth and to reality and realize that our God is an awesome and mighty God, and he yes, wants yes. you to have a wonderful life. He, he, wants, to, he wants more than anything. He wants you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. But we forget about that part of our soul prospering. We've got to get there to where our soul is prospering and then everything else will be taken care of. Hallelujah. First thing I want to share with you this morning is uh, your life is not random. So true. I don't know how far I'm going to get in this message, but we'll just, we'll go for it. Try not to keep you past uh, dinner tonight. <laughs> I'm just joking, you know that. I try to keep my message just 30, 45 minutes. Uh, want you to be able to uh, receive and endure. Your life is not random. That's what we're looking at. Many times we think that the, that the circumstances in our life are just random events, one random event after another. But as a believer in Jesus Christ, I hope that you realize that that's not true. God is ordering your steps. Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his ways. The steps of a good person are are ordered by the Lord. If God is ordering our steps, then we can recognize that no matter what happens, our God has it all under control because all things are going to work out for the, our good. That's what the scripture tells us. Therefore, as we go through this life, we need to always remember that, hey, no matter what's happening here with, my, with me today, this is not a random event. God, is, God knows it. God knew it from the, before it ever happened. He knew this day was going to happen. He knew exactly what was going to happen. And it's not random. God has a purpose. He's going to use me in this purpose. That's why we've got to be looking for opportunities to minister to other people. I believe it's very important that we become more and more aware of the steps that God has ordered for us each and every day. Many years ago, I heard a, a story about a, a salesman that went out and uh, he was competing against this large company. And uh, this large company, of course, they had a lot more resources than he did and his company had. And that company would tout how they had all these resources and they were bigger than, than this other guy and, uh, you know, they could provide more services 
And he, his uh, response to that, to most people that he, w- he would try to sell to, was this. He said, if size were everything, elephants would rule the world and Miss America would be 400 pounds. <laughs> so size is not everything. And our position in life is not everything. What is everything to us is our relationship with our God. He's, you know, God has told us that, that he's going to be there for us and meet all of our needs. Everything. He'll take care of us. He'll, he, as he orders our steps, as we take each and every step every day, we can trust that our God has already seen that step. And he's been there as we take it. God could be ordering your steps to impact the clerk at Walmart, Walmart or the convenience store, the FedEx or UPS driver, your neighbor. You know, these are the opportunities that we have, and we need to take advantage of them. The donkeys of Kish didn't just randomly run away. God had something to do with that. It seemed like a random event, but God was there. God had something to do with it. From that point on, it seemed like to, to Saul that events just happened randomly. But God was ordering his steps. And as long as Saul trusted God, God ordered his steps. The psalmist wrote this in Psalms 119, verse 133. Direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. See, David understood the the power of God's word to keep us on track and keep us in the right direction. And God promised Saul that if he would just follow him, that everything would be okay. I want you to understand, I believe wholeheartedly in the supernatural gifts of the Spirit. I believe that God speaks to people. I believe in the tongues, interpretation. I believe in prophecy. I believe in word of knowledge, word of wisdom. All these gifts in operation in the body of Christ today. But there are two important rules pertaining to these gifts, and particularly prophecy. And that is, number one, direction from God in the form of these supernatural gifts will never contradict the word of God. So if we know the Word of God, we'll never contradict that. And number two, the direction from God always comes from His Word to you. If you'll be reading His Word or He'll speak to your heart from a Word, from His Word. And if that's the case, then the, the gift, one of these gifts will only serve to confirm what God has spoken to your heart. God is not going to come to you, send a prophet or prophetess or a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge to you this morning and say, I want you, Randy and Betty, to immediately sell everything you have and move to Haiti. (laughs) But he's not going to do that through me until he's spoken to you. He would use me or he'd use a prophet or he'd use somebody to confirm what God has spoken to you. 
Many people's lives have been destroyed by taking a word from somebody and running off with it. Don't allow that to happen in your life. God's going to speak to you first. You have communication. You have the ability to communicate with your God. You have Holy Spirit inside of you. He'll speak to you. If he wants you to do something, he'll speak to you, and then he'll confirm what he has for you through one of these gifts. You see, Saul started out obeying God. Uh, He received what Samuel told him to do, but then he disobeyed. And he disobeyed because I believe that he didn't realize, he didn't hold close to the Word of God. In fact, he didn't even know who Samuel was. And that tells me that he probably didn't know anything about the Word of God because Samuel was the one that proclaimed the Word of God and judged people throughout all of Israel. So God replaced Saul with with David eventually. We know that. And David wrote this in the Psalms. Psalm 39, 1, I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle which the wicked is, when, while the wicked is before me. He also said in Psalms 37, 5, commit your ways to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. David believed that and he trusted that. Your number one responsibility is always to trust and follow the Lord. Trust him. Let him speak to you. Hallelujah. Search me, O God, Psalms 139, 23, and know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Hudson Taylor was a, a founder of China Inland Missions and he ministered for many years in China. And he had two words in his office. Uh, Those words were Ebenezer and Jehovah Jireh. The first one means, hitherto hath the Lord helped us, uh, Ebenezer. And the second one means, the Lord will see to it, or literally means, the Lord my provider. So what Hudson Taylor was telling people when you walked into his office that God has always been directing me and he always will direct my path. And that's exactly how we look and expect our God to do. He's always been with you. You can look back, count the times that he has ordered your steps. And if he's ordered your steps in the past, he'll order your steps in the future. In 1978, Tammy and I made a commitment to Jesus Christ. Uh, from that moment, we, we did that in a little country church not too far from here, South Bethel New Testament Church. From that moment, I know that my steps have been ordered. But I'm not unique. It's not like, you know, only, God only orders Pastor Rob or uh, apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists. Teachers, no, God orders everyone's steps. For Tammy and I, it's been an incredible journey. There's been highs, there's been lows, there's been mountaintops, there's been valleys, but God has always ordered our steps. Times God has clearly spoken to me and given me direction about things. Spoke to my heart, and then it was confirmed through spiritual gifts. 
He spoke to my heart when we left South Bethel and moved to Athens in 1983 to take a job at Children's Services. And we felt like it was a ministry opportunity to work with those, those kids. He spoke to me clearly. He spoke to my heart. He spoke to my mind. I didn't hear an audible voice, but I, and I hear and I understand when God's speaking to me. That's what I'm trying to say. He spoke to me about starting a group home in 1986, and we started that and, and had some very successful years. Pastor Otis worked with us, and that's where uh, one of the first times uh, that we worked closely together. Uh, so he spoke to us about that. Then he spoke to me about being a pastor in 1995. And I, even though, and here's the thing. There are times when God speaks to you that you'll embrace it and you'll, you'll say, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. That's what I want to do. You're excited about it. But then there's times when God speaks to you to do something and you're not so excited about it. And I got to, you know, just totally honest with you. I was not so excited about being a pastor. I'm thankful that I am. I'm thankful that, that I followed through with it and I was obedient. But I, my point here is that when God orders your steps, he doesn't always order you into something that is comfortable and makes you feel good. That's right. But he does order you to do things that are good for you and good for others. Amen. And I hope you feel like me being a pastor is good for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Hallelujah. There are times, though, that the Holy Spirit has just given me a go-ahead. I've not really had a word from God about what we were supposed to do, but I've just felt like, you know, it was okay to do this thing. Purchasing the, purchasing the property that we have here that this church is built on and then building this church. Uh, we purchased the property in 2000, built the church, and about uh, finished it in 2005. But um, I didn't really, I can't say that I heard God say, go do that. I just, the circumstances dictated that we needed to do something. When we were on that, uh, at South Bethel New Testament Church, Silver Ridge, when we were there, the church started filling up. We didn't have any place to go. Uh, parking was limited. And we, we were trying to make plans to build on that property. But we needed more property. We needed some land around there so we could have parking. Well, you know, I, I, honestly, I told God, I said, God, I don't want to, I really don't want to build here. I'd rather be someplace where we're more visible. But if this is your will, we'll do it. So we started making plans. And as we made those plans, it seemed like all kinds of obstacles kept coming up. Now, you can't really judge whether it's God's will or not just because you have obstacles. But if God shuts the door, you will know it. And God shut the door on us being able to build up there. So we started, and you know, I said, God, I'd like, we'd like to have five acres on uh, Route 7, and here we are. You know, God, God caused it to, to happen. He ordered our steps, Amen. but he didn't necessarily speak directly to me that, to go do this thing. But it was obvious. This, the, um, you know, sometimes we just have to use common sense. 
And it was obvious we weren't going to be able to stay there. We had to move on. God opened the door for us to go to Tepper's Plains and then eventually Chester. But this was our ultimate goal, to, to be here and to do the, what God wanted us to do from this site. So I want you to know that, that God, yes, he speaks to you and he will confirm things to you. But there are sometimes that you've just got to use your common sense about what God would like for you to do with your life. Some of you young people in here, you don't know, you may not have exact plans or goals where you're going. But let God lead and direct you. He will open doors for you. He'll, he'll, he'll direct you in the right career, in the right path. He may not speak directly to you and say, I want you to do this or I want you to do that. Or on the other hand, maybe he will. But if you read his word and follow him with all your heart, he will direct your path. He has promised that. I believe God wants us to know that he is always in control of every situation. Now, I've told you all this because I've, I've done many things in the past that I felt, you know, God wanted me to do. He spoke to my heart and other things. It's just, we, we just needed to do it. All the ministries we, we support. Sometimes God speaks directly to me and says, this is, I want you to support the, this missionary. Other times we see the good work that they're doing, so we support them. Now, I say this to you because I want to tell everybody what is happening with the Chester building. For those of you who are aware, I, I, you know that we have uh, the Chester uh, it's the old Chester School. We use it as a community center. Um, it is owned by uh, a local businessman, Tom Carr. And Tom has allowed us to use that building uh, free of charge. We do upkeep and, uh, you know, take care of maintenance and everything in the building. But he's allowed us, graciously allowed us to do that. Not long ago, he had someone come along and say they would like to buy that, that building. Well, uh, that has fallen through. They're not going to purchase the building. We still have access to it, still able to use it. But I'm telling you this because a few years ago, while we were having an upward uh, basketball game, and everybody aware of what upward is, it's about, you know, young kids, basketball. Uh, we do that program. We love it. It's, it's wonderful. We have somebody in the community that's going to run it this year for us. Uh, Tammy, and our, Tammy and I are kind of burnt out on it. Uh, you know, it's a great program, but you need new blood from time to time. So we've got somebody doing that, and we're excited about that. But I was standing there watching a ball game, not thinking about anything in regards to that building. I can't tell this without getting emotional. When the Spirit of God just spoke to me out of the blue and said, I want you to buy this building. Yeah. God knows how I feel about it. That building needs 
work. It, it's a good solid building. There's a lot, of, a lot of potential there. I can see all kinds of great things that we can do there, but it needs a lot of work. Tom, is at, he said he would sell it to us for $150,000. It's a lot of money. And yet, you know, to have a, a building that size, I don't know how, how much it would cost, a couple million to, to build something like that, um, at least. So there's some things about this that I don't like. But what I have learned through following the Lord is that he would never tell you anything. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. He'd never tell you to do something that would be harmful to you. It may be uncomfortable. It may not be the thing that you really want to do. But it's, he always has a plan and a purpose. And I'm convinced that if we do not follow through with this, that we'll be sorry. There's going to be a reason that, you know, he's going to show us what the reason is. Now, so what we're going to do with this is that we're going to make it available for people to be able to give to that, uh, that particular uh, ministry uh, purchase, to, to purchase that building. We already have a fund that's set up, and we'll be able to start giving into it. If you would like to give into that fund on a regular basis we'll make that available just you know make a check uh if you make out a check just you know make a notation it's for purchase of the the chester uh facility or chester building uh now i'll say that because we are pushing so hard to pay off this facility and we're we're getting so close to it and you know, I, I don't want to interfere with anything uh, that, that we're doing with that. Betty has just been doing a fantastic job of encouraging people, and people will come on board, and, and we're uh, almost below $200,000 now. And you've got to understand how incredible that is since we were at a million, you know. Now God, is, God has just been so faithful to us. So I don't, you know, and I, I hate hounding people for money. I don't, I don't want to do that. I, all I do is present the situation and God speaks to people's heart. And you are all very faithful and you listen to the Lord. And he does that. So when it comes to this situation, we're just going to make it available for people to be able to give. And we're going to see what God is going to do. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Okay. Our number one priority is going to remain paying off this, this building, getting past our debt with it so that we can continue to do incredible things for the kingdom of God. God has a plan, a greater plan than I can ever imagine. And I want to be right in the middle of it. Amen? Hmm. I'm going to I'm going to share just a little bit more this morning and then, then I'm going to wrap things up. The second thing I want to share with you is that you have been chosen. Each and every person here. 
has been chosen of the Lord. You're a chosen generation of royal priesthood. Everyone. We are. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 14 through 21, and then we'll, we'll go to uh, a little later to verse 27 um, through 10.1. Just two verses there. Beginning with verse 14. So they went up to the city as they were coming into the city. There was Samuel coming out toward them on his way up to the high place. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow about this time I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel, that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. So when Saul, Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, There he is, the man of whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Please tell me, where is the seer's house? Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me today. And tomorrow I will let you go and tell you all that is in your heart. But as for your donkey that were lost three days ago, do not be anxious about them, for they have been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and on all your father's house? And Saul answered and said, Am I not a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel, and my father the least of the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Why then do you speak like this to me? Why do you speak like this to me, Pastor Rob, that I'm chosen? How could you say such a thing? Because it's true. Just like Samuel spoke to Saul. I don't care how you view yourself in your own eyes. You are very special in the, the eyes of our Heavenly Father. He has chosen you to be a part of his kingdom. God chooses ordinary people to do extraordinary things for his kingdom. It may not seem like it, but any time uh, you do something for the kingdom of God, it's extraordinary. Anytime you give that's an extraordinary sacrifice. Anytime you speak the word of God to somebody, that's an extraordinary explanation of, of who you are and who the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's your testimony. God has chosen you, each and every one of us. When we share in our, our uh, connect group, many give testimony of the things that God is doing and People share how God has used them to minister, and I'm not going to point anybody out, but it, it's just incredible to hear how God is using individuals to minister to people, everyday people. They're, they're seeing and recognizing that people have needs, and people need prayer. People need to hear an encouraging word. People need to know that Jesus is Lord. And he's using these individuals in our group to reach out and touch the lives of people. Let's go on. 1 Samuel 9, 27, 10, and 11. 
As they were going down to the outskirts of the city, Samuel said to Saul, tell the servant to go ahead of us. And we went on, but you stand here a while and I may announce to you the word of God. Then Samuel took a flask of oil, poured it on his head and kissed him and said, is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? Commander here means leader or literally one in front. The oil represents the the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sits inside of each and every one of you. So we've all been anointed as a leader over the inheritance of the Lord to be strong and to be faithful for the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter 20, Jesus tells a story about a, a wealthy farmer seeking workers. And he goes to the marketplace and he, he tells, he, he ha, calls these people to go early in the morning to work for him. And he says, I'll, I'll pay you a denarius. And when they go, they begin to work and they, they're working all day. But the, the wealthy guy, farmer, keeps going back and getting people. And each time he'll go and ask them, you know, why they're standing around. And they say, well, we have nothing to do. So he says, come and work for me. Finally, at the end of the day, with just one hour left, at the end of the day, he goes back and he chooses more people to come and work for him. At the end of the day, he starts with those last and he pays them a denarii, a denarius, the same amount that he agreed to pay the first people. And when he finally gets down to the last ones, they're thinking, If he paid them that much, what are we going to get? And what does he pay them? Exactly the same thing. And they were upset about it. But, but, you know, the, the representation, of course, is of Jesus. But the farmer said, you got exactly what we agreed upon. You see, we get exactly what we agree upon with the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing less and nothing more. And no matter what you think about yourself and how you're being used by God, Jesus said this to his disciples after he told that story. The last will be first and the first last. For many are called, but few are chosen. You are the chosen. Being chosen doesn't mean that you're called into a five-fold ministry where you're going to stand up in front of people. Being chosen means that you're willing to listen to the voice of God and hear what he tells you to do step by step. Your, or, your steps are ordered. At least that's exactly what 1 Peter 2.9 says about us, that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're called. You're all called. We're equipped because he equips those that he calls. None of us can boast about these great accomplishments. doesn't matter what we've done. It's not about boasting about what we've done. It's about boasting about what God is doing. If anything happens in the kingdom of God, it's because Jesus Christ moves and anoints people to do it. I believe he expects his people to do great exploits, without a doubt. 
But when it's done, the only one that gets glory for it is Jesus. There's a lot of people out there that need our help. A lot of people out there that need just ordinary people like us who will speak into their life. They need to be rescued. They're waiting on you. There's a story about a, I'm going to wrap this up. There's a story about a, a father who took his two sons fishing. They went down to the lake, and the two boys were over on the pier where the dad was trying to get everything ready for them to fish. And if, you've, if you're uh, ever taking your kids fishing, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, and you spend, you, you don't fish when you take your kids fishing. <laughs> You're busy untangling lines, taking fish off, uh, you know, getting hooks out of the trees, and all those things. And he was over there trying to get things ready, and the two boys were over on the pier, a 12-year-old and a 4-year-old. And he told the 12-year-old to watch the 4-year-old. Good luck with that, huh? All of a sudden, father heard a splash, and the 12-year-old yelled. The four-year-old had fallen into the water by the pier, and it was about six feet deep. He was gone. The father came over, dove in the water, and went down and got clear to the bottom, and he couldn't find him. He was frantic. He came back up for air. He went back down, searched all around, and he couldn't find him. He started back up, and as he was going back up, he was right next to, the, to the, the leg of the pier, and he felt something, and it was his son was clinching. He had his arms around that pier, holding on tight. The father pulled his arms off, and they both went up to the top of the water, gasping for air, of course, and when they finally got to the point where they could breathe, uh, the father said to his son, he said, what in the world were you doing down there holding on to the leg of that pier? And he said, I was just waiting on you, Dad. I was waiting on you. He needed rescued, and he knew Dad would show up. There's a lot of people out there that need rescued. They're waiting on the father, but you take the message to them of the father. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Lord God, we just come before you this morning. We thank you. You're, you are an awesome and mighty God. I praise your holy name, Father. I, I thank you that you direct us in all things. And we, we're asking, Lord, our, our desire is to always be about your business may not be as uh, exciting and thrilling as we imagine, but we just want to be about your business, doing your will. So we ask today, Father God, that you lead us, you direct us, you strengthen us. As we go out these doors, Father God, that we will recognize that there's a mission field out there and that you have your people prepared to do a work for you. Hello, this is Pastor Rob again. I pray you enjoyed this podcast. 
What a blessing it has been to have you join us on this social media platform. If you would like more information about Bethel, please check out our website at BethelChurch.community. You can also follow us on our Facebook page at Bethel Church Tepper's Plains. Have a blessed day and remember, love never fails. 